Hello and welcome to Who Uses a Director of Football, an FM podcast with myself, Lewis, and my co-host, Tom. So, Tom, first week back at work, how's things been? Been all right. It's not been too bad. It's actually not been as bad as other first weeks back, to be honest. So, it's good. Managed to still get a bit of FM in as well. So, plenty to discuss, plenty to update you on. Yeah, it was all right. What about you? Well, Tom, I have a confession to make. And that is that I lied to you last week. However, in the podcast last week, I lied to you. And I and however, I will hold my hands up. And for those listening at home, I did just hold my hands up. It was not intentional. I made a bit of a gaffe. So before I tell you what this gaffe is, will you ever forgive me, Tom? Well, it depends, depends what the gaff was, Lewis. Well, so did you hear about Cristiano Ronaldo? Because it is relevant. Did you hear about his gaff? Go on, remind me. So he confused Saudi Arabia with South Africa when he joined his new club. So I didn't actually know about that. Yeah, he did. So he confused <laughs> Saudi Arabia with South Africa and what people are describing as a major gaff, especially... Uh, obviously, with all of the Saudi oil money that he is taking every week. Uh, yeah, not his you're best not going to tell me that. You're not going to tell me that after all this, Sam, whatever clubby name you're managing at, are actually in Johannesburg and not in not in Chile? <laughs> no, that would, be, that would be too good. No, it's not that good. However, last week I told you that Gustavo Gotti joined Cobraloa, and, and that was right. a lie. Shock horror, when I double-checked today, he joined Cobra Sal. Oh, my God, Lewis, I'm sorry. After years of friendship, I'm going to have to terminate that now and end this podcast. I cannot accept such such treachery on your part. I know, it's shocking. But for Gustavo Gotti's career, anyway, things are looking a lot better because, one, he is still in the Primera Division of Chile, but, secondly, he is scoring goals in the top flight of Chilean football and has five to his name. So he's in a better place. Obviously, I'm in a worse place having got egg custard tart all over my face. But uh but yeah, so that was that was uh my uh correction for for the books for our for our listeners at home there. So that's that's my waffly introduction. I hope you're I hope you're ready. Do you wanna Take us away with the events in Uruguay. I'm very, I'm very excited to hear. Obviously, promotion secured, FM played. Where's the journey taking you, Tom? Well, first of all, I'm not sure I really can carry on after that. I mean, hearing that Gotti has gone from thinking that Gotti was playing for one Chilean club I'd never heard of to now the fact he's playing for a different Chilean club it's I'd awful, never heard of. Isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm not quite sure how I can continue, but I'll do my best. Um, yeah, so like like you say, last time we, we caught up, I'd just finished the season, um, finished the league season, and then we were playing some cup games. Um, and it was, a again, like I said, I got promoted and I was kind of excited about it, but I still didn't really like Chero and I was annoyed. And I liked, ev- I did I hated everything about the club other than Paolo and the tactics. Um, so we went into the cup, we played in the cup, and then we, we got drawn against a team top division. So that's quite exciting. We'll see how we get on. It's a good little test for next year. And we beat them, which was really good. It was like, come on, we're doing well here. 
Solid And then start. we played, yeah, then we played uh, Peñarol in the next round of the cup and we lost 3-2. And Peñarol are like the best team in Uruguay. Uh, then in Nacional. Two. Yeah, and, and we lost 3-2. And it was like that. We played really well again. Um, the issue was, obviously at that point there, we had Nicolas Ramos at the back and Luis Asvedo playing up front and Asvedo just banging goals, goals, goals. And I knew I was going to lose them. So I went into the to the season with quite a lot of confidence. Um, and uh, I'll talk you through, but basically I'm halfway through that first season in the top league now. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll talk you through this podcast, how we've got on without uh, revealing it now. But... So- um, so can I just check? Yeah, I mean, just before you carry on, just so are you still playing the Par Jackson way? Is the system the same? Still playing the Par Jackson way. That that is the non-negotiable. That's the red line. I'd lose every single player, every single supporter. I'd lose my job before before <laughs> before taking this formation and this tactic out. I still love it. Um, so yeah, we're still playing the Par Jackson way. Um. Yeah, so we've over the summer, once we sort of went through trying to sign some players and it's a bit of a struggle to bring players in. In fact, that's not fair. It was a nightmare bringing players in. Um, I can only have five international players. Uh, Clebert um, and uh, Paolo and Thomas Gutierrez already sort of taken three of those up. So I managed to sign... Uh, sorry, I could take six. That's not true. I can, I can have six. So I managed to sign... After Alfredo left... Uh, I couldn't convince him to stay. I signed two other Argentine strikers, Argentinian strikers, um, who've been bang average up to recently. Uh, one of them has sort of started to to put in some decent performances, and that guy, uh, that guy's called Ricardo Solbes. And he's do- he's doing okay for me, but without putting up any trees. And then I signed a, a centre midfielder who rarely plays for me now, but he's probably my best player. But he rarely plays for me. Um, and that's because I made a bit of a mistake. You can sign six players, but you can only have three of them on the pitch at any one point. And I hadn't realised that. So I'd sort of built my squad as if like, these players are going to be absolutely class for me. I set my team for the first game of the season and I've got to take three of them out and put some absolute crocs playing as backup. their backups, basically, in their place. For those listening and, at home, just as I was nodding along in recognition of the pain and suffering that not knowing, again, horrific flashbacks to the Turkish lower league uh, save with Diris Bakaspor, uh, everyone's favourite watermelon capital of Turkey. This was a consistent issue uh, around foreign players in the Turkish lower leagues and just the pain and suffering of caps on both the overall amount of squad players you can have and then sneaking in a rule around enabling only three of them to be used in the match day squad. It's pain. It's, it's just a nightmare. Cause like, it's a nightmare. Cause like even like in, in game, when you're trying to make substitutions, you have to do them really tactically because I played Thomas Gutierrez, who's my Colombian centre-half. But if I want to bring on uh, Maximilio, Maximiliano Catini in centre midfield from Argentina, or I want to bring on Ricardo Solbes, or I want to bring on Mateus Polvera, or or Clebert, who doesn't start. Well, I've got to sort of, I, I want to keep the ones that were on already. I've got to make a random change at centre-half, just to bring on a Uruguayan centre-half, before I can bring on one of those guys. So, that's been a bit of a pain, but I kind of got over that quite quickly. It was kind of 
clear which three I wanted to play, and the other ones have they've sort of worked themselves out in the round. Um, so yeah, signing those signing those guys was good, but the transfer market as a whole was just a nightmare. I couldn't really bring players in. Everyone that I tried to sign then got a better offer elsewhere. So I kind of got a few dregs. I got a few players that were okay, a few guys that I was quite happy with. But if I'm being honest, most of the players that I've brought in, I wasn't too happy with. Um, just looking at the list now, got quite a nice right winger called Gaston Alvite, a nice left inverted fullback called uh, Javassio Oliveira. The rest of them, though, haven't really done much. Um, I'll tell you who I did sign. I signed my first uh, proper Uruguayan international. I signed a 37-year-old, I think he's 37 or 38, Christian Stuani, who's been capped by Uruguay a times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, played recognize. in the Premier League, played in the Premier League with Middlesbrough as well. Uh, he's absolutely useless. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I kind of signed him because I needed a stri- I needed a striker because all my strikers are foreign. So I needed yes. an Argentine, uh, a Uruguayan striker just so I could have someone there. Oh, mm. please, you're awful. So this just um, sounds like pain in Asvedo, to be honest. This is this, this is the this problem is the worst thing because you. It is, because I keep thinking, if I just had a great Uruguayan striker, which I literally had in Luis mm. Asvedo, it would be brilliant. And to make matters worse, he's gone to Peñarol on like a grand a week. And I'm like, I could have I could have stretched to give him that money. And oh. we're halfway through the season, so we've played 15 games. He's made one substitute appearance for Peñarol. And like, mate, what are you doing, Luis? You could have stayed with me. Yeah. Worked, you'd have been you'd have been scoring goals. You'd have been We'd playing have been doing than we are. Yeah. And he he just didn't he didn't he's gone to Penuel than absolutely nothing. Any hope for Which the, is any obviously hope for him for returning? Um I had a little look, but he's he's got no interest at the moment. Can't do the transfer window's just open, so I might see if I can do a loan deal to bring him back, but We'll we'll see on that on that, but mm. um, but yeah, that's again. I, 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 I'll well, actually, one more thing because then we one more thing a little bit about my preseason, and then we'll mm. I'll hand over to you, and then you talk about where you're at, and then so I where it, just to get a sense, so you've just done preseason, or are you? Oh no, no, I'm I, halfway I think you're through. a lot further on, but you just want to talk it. Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. So in, in game, I'm now halfway through, but I've just talked then a little bit about preseason, and I'll touch on a few other things that went on preseason. So as this is all happening, I've lost Athledo. I'm struggling to bring players in, etc. I'm just getting, and I don't like. I know I've made it perfectly clear that I'm not a fan of Chero anymore. I never really was, and I still don't like them. I thought, right, I'm going to apply for some jobs here. I'm going to have a little look, see what's going on out in the market, and I applied for like so many jobs. Um, got absolutely nothing back. I kept get they kept telling me that my they didn't want to give me an interview because of my failure to make the most of set pieces. And it's like, I mean, come on, guys, have you not just seen this free flowing attacking in that set pieces are not the Par Jackson way? You need Football a bit of Renzo. played on grass, <laughs> not in the air. That's the Par Jackson way. And why everyone in South America, the continent famous for making the most of set pieces? I mean, come on, you know, <laughs> Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, Messi, all of those sort of great players. Although they I do, really no, made the most of an image of Well, you've given me an image of Ronaldinho chipping semen, actually, when you said oh, no. that. God. But, well, uh, yeah, that was making the most of a set piece. But I mean, all of these South American clubs seem to me just to want to score some corners. Play the Renzo really way. Important. They want to play the Renzo way, Tom. You're going to do well in this, so 
So anyway, I, I just didn't get didn't get any jobs, uh, any job offers or anything. And then on the eve of the new season, I got a not a job that I'd applied for, but funnily enough, if you were to look back on to episode zero of this podcast, I made a reference to how funny will it be when I end up managing I made up a club called Montevideo City. Uh, how funny <laughs> would that be? Well, funnily enough, guess who came knocking? Montevideo <laughs> City came knocking to offer me uh, an interview. actually called Montevideo City. They are, and I've since realised they're part of Citigroup, so they were taken over by the Man City group. Oh my god! And they're now Montevideo City. Um, so that they offer me an interview, and they're in the they're in the same division. They're in the top flight of Uruguayan football, but they're just a bigger, better club with a bit more money and a bit more, yeah. Bit better. I thought, right. Certainly I'll, got I'll better be financial. Backing. I kind of wanted to leave Uruguay. Say that again, Lee. They've got bigger, better financial backing, definitely. Exactly. So I was like, I wanted to leave Uruguay, but I thought, no, I'll, I'll stay. I'll stay here. Go to Montevideo City. Had the interview. Thought it went well. No, we've decided to go. Some we've decided to go for another option. I'm like, You're kidding me. I, I like. Especially in your head where I'm like, well, that's it. Finally, I'm going to leave Cherry. But Chero. no, I'm stuck here for another year at least. And all I want to do is I want to pack my bags. I want to leave Uruguay and I want to take Paolo with me. That's all I want. <laughs> and I can't do it and it's not fair. <laughs> so I think that's probably a good point for my exasperations to, to, to hand back to you. But that's where that's that's the story of pre-season. And then, like I say, later on in the pod, I'll touch on what's happened in the season. Oh, fantastic, Tom. I, I think you told that beautifully. I think every episode, your talk, storytelling just gets smoother and smoother. Uh, so It's just because I get angrier and angrier. At Chero, a club who you've, yeah. again, you should, you've got to say it, you're working wonders with them and playing this flu, fluid, free-flowing football and you're not just not getting the rewards you deserve by the sound of it. Well, well, we'll come on to what's happened in the league. Okay. Go on, what's so, happening over in Chile then? So, yeah, uh, Arturo Luis Fernandez... Alexander or whatever the club's called. <laughs> Arturo Fernandez Vial. I've forgotten how many episodes we're in, but I will keep saying it, and at some point you might get it right, but I, I highly doubt it. So, at this point anyway, I think it was stuck by now if it was ever going to. Anyway, so I think last time, if I remember correctly, we were about seven games through the season and I believe I was in second. And we'd been playing all right. I think he's, you know, not not to the level that, that maybe we were the previous season, ironically, but we were playing all right. And it... it it's a frustrating episode of the pod for me because I'm to report that not really a lot's changed. We continue to grind results out. I think for me, this this episode of the pod is less about, you know, the big FM managerial life events and is more a sort of flavour text of the average Fernandez VL season, which after two is already starting to take shape, although actually they're two very different seasons. So for me, I, my milestones have been less on the pitch and more off the pitch in a strange way. So the first real milestone for me was the 1st of April 2023, 
when I looked in the dynamic screen and no players opposed me in the hierarchy. Up until that oh, point, wow. up until that point, even Kevin Harbottle, who I'd been regularly playing, was not happy as a team leader with me being the manager. Who would have thought that a creative flair player wouldn't be happy that that a that a central defensive midfielder with a fairly stodgy style has come in and you know taken his uh, beautiful football and made it functional. So, so that for me was that for me was a real milestone. Despite your uh, highlight, your highlight is seemingly your players no longer hate you. That's where that's that, this and I think the, that's very Renzo. This is the inverse game, right? You're really happy because all the but one of your players no longer hate you. No, that was all of them. That was the final one. He was the final one to flip. Whereas mine is, I hate all my players bar one. Mm. This is like this is <laughs> it's a real <laughs> difference. So, so that for me is, and and then it's just been some funny moments along the way. So. The big team who I was facing early on in the season were a team called Magalens, and Teddy. I have to report that Teddy had a, a a bit of a rash, not a bit of a prickly moment. Old, uh, old Teddy. He, old Teddy person. He lashed out with his elbow at one all, straight red, banned for three matches. At sixty okay. minutes gone against Magdalens in a in a two versus five clash, who you know they dropped off just a bit before that, but right at the start of the season they were leading the league. Um, so he immediately gets sent off, and Braulio Avalos, who is on paper pretty rubbish, he's a two and a half star right back who really can't defend, which is lucky because. I don't need him to defend. He is he's my right back. He overlaps my my winger or my inverted forward and I let everyone else do the defending and he gets forward and he comes from right back. Very much of an inverted movement. Comes in and scores a screamer in the bottom corner cutting in off the right wing to make it 2-1 and we scrape to the end of that match with me cranking time wasting more or less all the way to full after about 80 minutes. It was proper. It felt properly Renzo. I think that's why it stood out to me. It was like it felt like almost like intentionally having a player sent off so you could create this crisis. It was just. I think that's why it really. I thought it was really so Renzo. Um, the next highlight for me, and I think this is why I'm trying to give you a sense of um, the season. So for those listening at home, I'm about to show Tom a picture of a man I mentioned in the previous episode. Uh, this being, who do you think this is, Tom? Can you remember from the previous episode? That's, that's Kevin Medell, Gary Medell's brother. Or Indeed, not Gary Medell's brother. <laughs> Indeed, it is Kevin Medell. And would you not agree with me that that is the face of an absolute thug? I mean, that is. Show it to me again. Show me again. Yeah. Sorry, I know this isn't great podcast material. Maybe well, I, I think can, do, we can maybe describe it from home. Oh, two seconds. Yeah, he's sort of he's a man that is clinging on to hair that he really shouldn't. He's he's sort of shaved back in size and then this sort of mop on the top which is sort of clinging on to his scalp whilst sort of yeah, clinging on to his scalp for dear life whilst knowing its time is coming to an end, I'd mm. say. 
Absolutely. And then the added bonus is the neck tattoo uh, on the right side of his neck. And just a look of Does a it man. Say mum? <laughs> trying to think of the Spanish for that, but uh, a look of a man Mandarin. who would who would nut you in the face as much as talk to you. So I feel like <laughs> I just wanted to show you that, Tom, because it really added to my sense of when I looked at him this season, I was like, he is absolutely the player we painted him to be. Oh yeah, he's awful. So my next my next uh highlight of the season was being offered my first job. Uh, obviously Ooh. first new potential job. And wow. I was I was offered a job by Coquimbo Unido. And 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 you know you know you're still not loved when the first thing they say to you is, yeah, we've offered you a job because our expectations of what we can achieve this season has diminished. <laughs> 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 and this was a team who were in the top flight last season but are currently in 12th out of seven, uh, 17 this season in the second division the same in the second division the division right. that I'm in so at this point having been sent out such a polite message of the fact that Kokimbo Unido who are quite funky they have a little they have a little crest and a pirate as their logo. It's quite the look. Yeah, nice. Um, with their diminished expectations, I, I, I very much turned around and immediately said no. Um, if if I could have said, <laughs> I go F yourself, I would have done. Uh, however, when you're top of the league at this point and the team in 12th tell you that you can take over because we're a bit rubbish this season, um, you, they- you feel like there's a better option on the table. They've effectively come to you and said, our standards have dropped so much, you might now be interested in the job. Yeah, it's shocking. We've isn't it? fallen so much, we're actually at your level now. So <laughs> come on. And I think it was fair to tell them, no, my level is above theirs presently, uh, and I will not lower myself uh, to doing another piece of crisis management. So again, we've we've been consistent all season, and as you can tell, I'm not much has changed. We're presently in second. We did we did we had a quite funny cup run because in the second round, I put out the B team. I put out the second team, really just because I didn't want to, have to deal with the cup, and and knew that probably we'd lose to the team in the same division um we played terribly went two down and then i thought oh god we've got to put someone on to make this not look terrible we pull it back to two all and then went on penalties which was lovely so that was the second round and i think well you know what we've got a nice easy lower league team before we then and it tells you two rounds in advance a bit like the champions league would face colo colo in the next round so i thought great we'll just knock out and we've got two legs, right? So we've got two legs against this lower league team, and you can see where this is going already. We've got two legs <laughs> yeah. against San Marcos de Arica. And so, we, we, you know, we go away from home. We go away from home. They rip us to shreds. And I'm playing a decent team. Like, I'm not playing... I'm not playing the B team. Like, I'm playing a few players. Like, I did rotate a bit. I'm not going to lie. I thought... 
you know what? It's a lads, it's a lower league team. You know, we've got this. We can beat them. We'll be comfortable. Instead, turns out they've got this unbelievable poacher who's got some of the weirdest stats I've ever seen on FM. Just a great everything my team is missing. Probably the kind of player I should sign. I, I might think about, well, it's a bit late now, annoyingly, because I'm through the mid-season transfer window. And the mid-season transfer window in Chile is limited to three signings. I don't know if that's similar in Uruguay. Oh, right. So you can only sign three players in the mid-season from other clubs. Non-contracts don't count. But yeah, this poacher just knocks just so everything we were missing. Just goals left, right and centre. Just banging them in. And we were just rubbish. We were rubbish. We were absolutely How many divisions terrible. below then only, only, one, only one, but right. but even so, you know, on FM that it's a on FM it's a it's a non-playable division. So we're not talking yes. about a division that's you're getting a, you know, usually in those divisions you're you're able to to play those teams and feel pretty comfortable that your quality will shine through. So I think, okay, well, we're probably not going to win it. So we're probably not going to win it, but can we at least look competent at home? And the answer is no, we can't. Braulio Avalos sent off after 10 minutes with a two-footed lunge <laughs> from right back, and the man who's won us a game with a screamer is now the villain. And after 10 minutes and getting one back, we succumb to them 2-1 at home and I feel like an absolute wally. I, I just and that was the first time after 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 the first match, it was the first time Renzo threw the water bottle. Uh wow. and I could everyone... imagine Renzo doing that in like a pre-match like in the team talk before the game, just getting so angry with himself <laughs> and the players before the game. I th- I feel like even after a 3-0 win, Renzo should be throwing that water bottle. I think if he was doing that, I feel like the players already, and this is to get a sense of 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 the Renzo and the demanding nature of Renzo. The players, I've never had it. Usually, I organise a team meeting, and and say, lads, what's up? We're, we're, we're all feeling a bit down. The players came to Renzo. The players came to Renzo and said, "Look, the dressing room atmosphere is not right here." After he'd made them all so anxious, I think Renzo would be thinking, and I'm thinking, they're just too coddled these days. These professional footballers, they're just too coddled. These Chilean second division professional footballers, these, these Chilean snowflakes. That's the problem these days with second <laughs> second division Chilean footballers. Absolute snowflakes. The lot of them. Yeah, <laughs> they melt like the Andes in summer. <laughs> Yeah, oh so, so that was a that was an awful so the the glamour tie against Colo Colo that might have helped financially massively goes out the window and and that ends pretty badly. Also, but, I don't but know... in the league, sorry, in, you talk about in the league, Luke. You're, you're second in the league, right? How many how many games have been played? And how many to go? Good question. I'll come on to where I am. Okay. I'll probably come on to where I am after you tell me a bit more about Uruguay, I think, so we can okay. balance. 
so the final couple of the final couple of uh final couple of things I want to touch on before I talk about the current state of affairs in the save. So I played second in the league. Oh, I was third uh for that game. And it's the first time ever, and I don't know if you've ever had it, it's the first time ever I've noticed a flare in FM. Have you ever had a flare in FM? I've seen a few flares, sort of away days in Turkey. I get a few flares in uh, in Uruguay as well. So, no, I've, I've seen a fair few flares uh, flying around. Oh, it's the first time I've ever noticed it, but it was, yeah, it really caught me by surprise. And then I'll leave you on this lovely uh, touchstone relating back to an earlier milestone, and that is on the 16th of July, to give you a sense of where I am, there was a new milestone, and that is Gamanal. The goalkeeper supports me, so I've got I've won I've won one player over in eighteen months approximately of managing Arturo Fernandez Villar. One player is now a friend of mine. He thinks, okay, we're at the top of the league and we're about to be relegated. Maybe he's doing an okay job. So not only did that the squad not actually hate you anymore, one of them actually doesn't mind you. Yeah. Even wow. so much as to say he likes me and supports me. But it would inevitably be the goalkeeper, isn't it? It would be the first choice goalkeeper. It would be the odd one out. So that's... that's I think that's progress. It's, it's not much progress, but it's some progress. Love it. Right, Thomas. Right to Uruguay. Yeah, I'll move on a little bit. What's, what's going on in Uruguay then? So obviously... I touched on how the pre-season had gone and what happens now we're in, in the new year. So I kind of went into it, like I say, not too happy with my squad, but thought they were okay. The cup run I had before gave me quite a bit of confidence. And then we played River Plate Montevideo in the first game of the season. So a solid team, mid-table, probably maybe bottom half. And we beat them 3-1. Like Paolo obviously scored. He scored two. And I think we're flying here. This is this is good. We can we can have a good, good year. Here. We have a really good year. Yeah. We then didn't win our next six, um, Ouch. and only one of only one of those was a draw. Um, so we we out of our next six, we lost five, drew one. And whose fault and... was that? I'm not being pointed here. I just mean, are the players not good enough? Were the tactics too aggressive? What's what's the so I do think the tactic is quite aggressive. Okay, um, <laughs> so in in the fifteen games that we've played, um, only one of the games both teams didn't score. So we lost four nil to Peñarol. In every other game, both teams have scored. So we play still play quite attacking, aggressive football. Yeah. So it, it might be a bit too much, but I'm not prepared to. I'm not prepared to. Um, compromise on that we're attacking team i love it that's the way i want to play but i do think you know as all good managers should do i've taken about one percent of the responsibility for the tactic i put 99 percent of it on the players i hate them um <laughs> other than Paolo, Paolo's wonder. <laughs> so we, we then we then go the run ends i.e we, we then get our win um, when we beat Wanderers, who are near the top of the league, we beat them 5-3. Clabert scoring one, Paolo scoring four. 
both from you know Paolo from the number ten role scoring four goals. Flipping heck. We then go on another little slump. And then all of a sudden, just recently, in our last four games, we've just out of nowhere hit form. We've won three of our last four. Uh, Paolo scoring in all four games. My my boy. Um, the only game we lost was the most recent one to, to Nacional, where we lost 2-1, which is not a bad result at all. Um, and that left that leaves us, you know, we were bottom of the league for quite a long time. But that has actually left us in 12th out of 16. Not ideal, but it's quite a condensed league. We're probably in a couple of wins away from from moving up. Um, so I, I think I'm kind of pleased with that. We're at so the just point to get a sense, we... how big's the relegation zone? How far are you away from the relegation zone? So two games, two teams will go down, I think, and there's a playoff for the third. So River Plate, Montevideo, who I think was supposed to be mid-table, but have actually not done that well at bottom with eight points. We're on 16. So it goes, I'll work myself down. So 12th is us, 16. 13th on 15. 14th on 13, 15th on 12, and then bottoms on eight. So it's quite condensed, but equally, there's not a lot of, there's not a huge step up to the teams above me. But what the league does now is we have the first 15 games of the season, and we break out into what seems to be this other sort of weird competition, which um, which is called the Intermedio. And we're at Intermedio Group B. So I think that's just like the mid-season break, but it's a proper league with all the same teams that, that been in the league. And I don't really know what happens with it. Okay. All I know is I looked at it. If we do really well in it, we qualify for Europe. I qualify for Europe then, but qualify for the uh, continental competition. Uh Liberta- Copa Libertadores. So I, I don't think we're I don't think we're that bad. I think we could we could actually do quite well in that and finish top of our league or near the top of our league. We've got some pretty poor teams in it. Um so I'm interested to see what happens there. The issue I've got, though, issues never too far away here at Chero, is I looked at, right, at the end of this season, I was kind of thinking, right, I can build on this again now and I can actually bring in players that I like, see what happens. Right, see, Paolo's contract comes at the end of the year. I'll just tie him down really quickly first. He has no intention of remaining at the club, Paolo. And if Paolo has no intention of remaining at the club, then Par Jackson has no intention of remaining at the club. Um, and literally, well, I'm now at the 7th of June and my contract expires on the 30th of June. Okay. So I was left in a really difficult spot. So literally two days ago in game, I signed a new contract with the club because they offered me one. They offered me one a while ago and I push them for I wanted my you know waving comp- wave compensation for other managerial opportunities I wanted that down to the absolute minimum um because I didn't want that to be a barrier if another club came in for me and they sort of said no and I did that again two days ago in game and they've said yes so I signed a contract for an extra year and that was literally in fact no I tell a lie I'm looking at my inbox now that was on Friday the 6th of June at midday I my contract was signed Transport to the 7th of June at 8.51, I've been offered an interview at another club. And I, having had an interview at Montevideo City and had my hopes up, got my hopes up and had them dashed, I really, really want to get this job. I literally haven't done the interview. 
it's there waiting to be done. And I thought I'll do it after the pod because it can almost be a nice little teaser to do I get the job. Fantastic. And it's a bit of a cliffhanger for the ending of the pod. For, well, I don't know if the next pod, because I haven't had the interview yet. But Indeed. the club, the club that's asked me for an interview is a club you might be aware of. It's Easy Like a Santiago Morning. Interesting. So, so where is Santiago, Santiago Morning in your world? Are they Santiago Morning are in the top division of Chile, but they are bottom by and um, they are seven points clear of the relegation zone. Sorry, sorry, seven points adrift. Yeah. So it would be going in there with they've played fourteen games and it's a thirty game season. It would be going in there, doing everything I can to keep them up and then build, uh, rebuild them and to keep them up and try and move up the league. What I quite like about it, which you'll have seen, is that you a 16 team in that top division. And from what I can see, if you finish in the top eight, you've got quite a good chance of getting continental football. And that's you what I want to do now. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. exactly. That's what I want to do. Um, so, yeah, that's I, I want to get the job at Santiago Morning. But we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, from my perspective, it's time to move on to wrapping up with me. Before you do that, Lou, I've just... If I don't get this job, though, at Santiago Morning, I literally... I do not know what I'm going to do because I'm then going to be trapped at Chero again but without my only solace at the club which is Paolo because he's going to leave at the end of the year so God knows what's going to happen if I don't get this job I'm just going to keep aggressively applying for jobs I don't want to resign I don't want to leave because I'd rather be there than unemployed but oh, I mean God knows what I'm going to do if I don't get this job it's going to be a nightmare anyway go on Luke back, back to you back to what's going on with you yeah, thank you, Tom. Well, it does sound like the club has finally burned any last remaining goodwill that that you had with it. Chero. Yeah, it has. It's it's the it's the fact that it's it's Paolo is my thing because Paolo is just I just love the kid so much. He's playing in the number ten. He's nineteen, I think now. And from the number 10 position, he scored 12 goals in 15 games. Standout performer by an absolute mile. Um, but, oh, I just love the kid. But he's going. He's going. I'm going. He's my, He might be my Nico Crankier throughout the whole save to, to my Harry Redknapp. So I might try and bring him somewhere else. So A reference we'll you full well know I love. Exactly. <laughs> so... From my perspective, I am currently 17 games through the season. I'm in second. And the last match I played was second versus first. I was second at the time. And that was against the other Santiago club, Santiago Wanderers, who have got a fantastic name. One of my favourite clubs. A, just a really good brand. The green is a bit Verde Bremen. They've got a real look of Verde Bremen, except Trillian. It's a it's a really good looking 
I take it you're nodding for those listening at home. Is that because you've looked at it? Yeah, I've just got them up on screen now. You're right. It is the badge is very Verde Bremen, isn't it? It's the the W, the Wanderers is very Verde Bremen. That's incredibly Verde Bremen. However, they have one piece of the puzzle. Them and Magalens have one piece of the puzzle that I have still not solved this season. And I'm sure you know what shape the puzzle is. Linking it back smoothly to the start of this episode. What puzzle piece is missing in my starting eleven? What hole has been left by a transfer that was referenced at the start? Mr. Mr. Gotti, your centre-forward. Yes. Gustavo Gotti is so heavily missed this season. This team with Gustavo Gotti, if I had any common sense, I would have said no. I would have had zero sentiment. It would have been the Renzo Rivera way, so I should have done it. I would have had zero heart and said no. You are staying... You are scoring the goals that we need to go up. Because right now, the mid-season tweaks that I've done have not have not made much of a difference. So I brought in, and you saw a picture of the person that I brought in because it felt like the game referencing the podcast when it when it asked how many midfield orchestrators does one team need? The answer is well, not that many, but I do need the best one that I can get my hands on. So I brought in an Argentinian central attacking midfielder who is by far the best player that I, I've i seen from the scouting. And he is, to put it into perspective, Kevin Harbottle... It's as creative as Kevin Harbottle, but with the physicality of of Teddy and Luan Silva. And that's been... And he's... But he's only been okay. And that's... What's he called? What's his name? You've absolutely stumped me now because that is the one (laughs) thing that has escaped me. And I will have to fill our viewers in on what his name is uh, unfortunately that is the one thing that escaped me and I didn't note it down. So, oh, sadly, go on, go on. so, so he's a. I mean, what sort of is he? Is he young? Is he old? He's twenty-four. He's a twenty-four-year-old. He yeah, he's a twenty-four-year-old. I can see his picture in my mind, but I can't see his name. And that's kind of been, but that's kind of the point. If he played really well, I'd have remembered his name. Yeah, true. It's he's just for all of that talent, he's not grabbed. He's solid, he's a 6.8, but he's not a 7.2, he's not a 7.3 regularly. The, the output hasn't been there. And I've also brought in a central defensive midfielder, and it's been the same story. I brought in a veteran to solidify the midfield. I thought, you know what, great. A good, solid, ball-winning midfielder. Exactly the kind of player that you'd think a Renzo team needs in the heart of midfielder. Hard worker, tenacious, good mental skills, good leadership. And again, it's not made that much of an impact. 
because what we're just missing is a bloody striker. Yeah. And to link this all the way back to to the start of this overly long ramble is that Santiago Wanderers and Magalens have that player, but for Santiago Wanderers, they really have that player. So we played them, we lost to them 1-0. They were rubbish all game. But who they have up top is Ica Hernandez. And Ica Hernandez is a Spanish second... He came through the Athletic Bilbao Youth Academy and, you know, bounced around in Spain, didn't do very much until he left and went to play for Chile. He's ended up at Santiago Wanderers. And last season, he didn't do that much. But this season, already in 16 games, he's got 17 goals. And he's a five-star advance forward who... Was ter- he was on a 6.3. We marked him out of the entire game until it mattered. And then yeah. he broke through our press and buried one in the back of the net. And that's who we're missing. And that's why I can't be excited about this team until I find. And I've brought in... So, to bring in a new Argentinian, I had to get rid of Mariano Guerrero. So, I dropped him. Couldn't sell him. Couldn't loan him anywhere. But then the I this well not irony, but it was certainly quite bitterly funny, is that I wouldn't have been able to have him anyway, because he broke his back. So back. He broke his back in a training. It's out for five months. So even if I wasn't already planning on replacing him, he wasn't going to be useful anyway. So I've brought in a couple of Chilean youngsters on loan, Maximiliano Rodriguez. Ah. I've remembered what the cam is called. He's called Bucker. It's quite the name. B U double C A. Lionel Bucker. Oh, Lionel Bucker. Nice. So, so I brought in Maximiliano Rodriguez up top, who is from Hucha Piato, who are our uh, affiliate club. And he has done very little. He scored our one goal in the, the. Match that we lost in the cup to to uh, San Marcos de Arica, so that's all all he's contributed. And I found another Chilean youngster again whose name escapes me because they're all blending into one at this point because they all do nothing. And he's not scored. He's contributed nothing. Uh, so I'm 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 left with Walter Ponce, who is kind of he's a bit. He's 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 there by default. Yeah, he's he should be a decent little player. He should he should be more than a one in three, one in four striker. He should be a one in two striker at this level because his stats are his stats are no better, no worse than Gotti's. But Gotti just just had that little bit of something that just meant he scored. I do think partially teams are sitting deeper against us that makes. We did score a lot of goals where where we got in behind teams who were that bit higher and Gotti put it away. But again, we Walter Ponce had a chance against Santiago Wanderers and he just put it wide. Gotti puts that in the bottom right corner and I'm and I'm laughing and we go on to win the game. You're right, it's it's missing that sort of the magic sauce really that you put these moves together. 
but you need somebody well, you, uh, it sounds obvious you need someone to finish them off but I think at this level and it's the same when I, you know you do saves in um, lower league saves in England but you just need it's so important to have just someone that can take chances from nothing that can create their own chances yeah. and what I think is frustrating for the two of us is we both had that. You had yeah. it in Gotti, I had it in Athvedo, and we let them go. They went. Yes. <laughs> and we can't replace them, and it's horrible. And it's so frustrating, because yeah. all you want, is all this team needs, is someone to put the ball in the net. Just, <laughs> I can't, like Caddy Barone. Ooh, Caddy Barone. Was great at the start of the of the season, but the goals and the assists have dried up. Kevin Harbottle's contributed nothing this season. Zaniga's got three assists predominantly off the bench. And Bucker has got one assist. I can't win a league. The fact I'm in second is testament to how good the defence and midfield have been. It's the complete inverse of last season, where last season we were leaking goals, but we were fun. We were fun. Yeah. We played fun football. It was dramatic. This season we're consistent, but God, we're boring. God, we we're just That's because all the players like you now. They all like you. And then they, they like who Renzo Rivero is as this what's the word I'm looking for? Well, I guess just defensive manager who is mm. uh who who puts discipline at the heart of it. They're becoming Renzo Rivera. They're becoming this disciplined team who don't enjoy the football. Football is to them a science, not an art now. Whereas, well, that's whereas... what I would say. I think they, and, but I think the point is, and they don't like Renzo. The point is, as it says, they tolerate Renzo, and you got it spot on. <laughs> it, they're tolerating. It's a, it's a bit like my feeling with Conte at Spurs at the minute. They tolerate Conte as opposed to enjoy playing that football, and I feel that's the heart of it. Is that. But but that's not to say. I mean, I'm not playing. I'm not playing four attacking midfielders. Heaven forfend. It's not Paul Jackson football. But I am playing three attacking midfielders to put it into perspective. I'm not. This is still a high pressing four two three one. Not quite a gag and press, but more somewhere between a gag and press and if we're talking in FM terms, a vertical tick attacker. This is not a. This is not a. Not a. Uh, not a counter-attacking team. This is a team that's set out to score goals. It's just hard. And it's driving me mad. It's been half a season. It's been half a season, Tom. I thought we'd score three at some point. We win 2-1 if we win. It's so annoying. (laughs) Oh, I wonder what happened if Chero played, uh, you know, Andy... Fernandez, whatever your team's called. Andy I wonder, Fernandez, yeah, renowned. I wonder, I wonder what would happen because that would be um, irresistible force meets a movable object. Yeah. And it would probably end up in a two all draw as a result. That's my feeling with it. It's yeah. probably one team attacks, we catch you on the break. Walter Ponce might have a couple of chances. We might have a hatful of chances and score two of them. And you probably carve us open at the back and score a couple. But yeah, I mean, that's the big takeaways are Caddy Baroni's been solid. The the Chilean under 18 right winger 
under 19 right winger who I brought in as a joke has been okay. Well, not as a joke, but as in I needed someone <laughs> to fulfill youth requirements. <laughs> You thought has, all the lads needed a bit of a laugh, so you signed this right wing. <laughs> it's been solid. It's been he contributes occasionally. The Brazilians have been underwhelming. Luan Silva has been underwhelming. Teddy Person, apart from elbowing someone, that's been his highlight. No goals from midfield. We're not getting any goals from midfield. Like that's what's more. We're not even getting. You know, we're not getting any long shots. Nothing. The the right backs, Mike. My cavalcade of right backs, Sepulveda and Avalos, have been a bright spot, both of them for two players who star wise yeah. are not probably overall attribute wise aren't great for this level, but have actually been solid. Ponce has been Fernando Ponce, the left back. Oh, touch of case in point, I forgot who the fifth last week I forgot who the fifth uh non-Chilean player was. The fifth was Fernando Ponce. He was already there because he's Argentinian. So he is now club captain after San Jose retired and he is a class apart. He starts every match. He is so consistent. He is so good at a left back. He is so top division level worthy. He's just great. Then Jerebeth, the the centre-backs have been that. To put it into perspective, the centre-backs have been the highest rated players this season. Vidal, 7.3. Jerabeth Carraspo, 7.3. Bastian Rocco, the the dodgy under-19 I told you about, he was terrible. And for some reason in the last couple of games, he actually played quite well against Santiago Wanderers and he played quite, quite well in the preceding game. And then Gaminal had a bit of an injury scare halfway through the season, but has come back. And that's where I'm at. And so all of this rant is to say we're still on track, but God, I just want this team. I just feel we should be blowing teams away and making my life easier and allowing me to play youth players and and rotate the squad a bit more. But we're not. Yeah, no, I think I think it's interesting, isn't it, that we that despite doing things very differently in our saves, we're we're at that sort of same point where we want to like our teams, but ultimately. We're missing that spark that we've both basically allowed to leave or yeah. has left our team. And we very much regret that. And it's trying to chase what mm-hmm. we had and we don't have it. So, um, so yeah, I, th- I think that's probably where, where we're at now. Um, yeah, I, I guess for, for the next episode, it's going to be quite interesting to see see what happens. Lou, whether you can go on to get promotion. I guess for me to see where I'm managing. Am I managing at Chero or am I at Santiago Morning? Um, Lou, do you want to wrap up? Absolutely. I think that's as I think you did a fantastic job, job, Tom. I don't think I have anything to add uh, from my perspective. Obviously, I have some some thoughts about my future, but I think those will unravel in the future. And most importantly, it's time to remind everyone that the name of the podcast does also include Sudamericana Adventure, as we're very good at saying who uses a director of football. And very not so good at reminding everyone that this is this season is Sudamericana adventure, where the two of us are both taking on our journeyman saves throughout South America. If you've been listening at this point, you probably realise that. So have a great end to your weekend, Tom. Yeah, you too, mate, and we'll, we'll speak next week. Absolutely. Bye bye for now. Bye-bye.